solves everything. A how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person. Then I met these folks. Wow. Welcome back, guys. You made it to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. Everything, guys. Well, with a little help from my friends. This is the show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to amazing people who actually have all of the solutions. It's a problem-solving show. This week, we are talking about self-care. So everybody just take a deep breath. Let it out. Good air in, bad air out. We are here to press pause. We are going to talk about tapping into our unique strengths so that we can solve the problems of the world and the problems in our life, like the problem of how the heck we're supposed to do all of the things. Do I even need to tell you how stressed out we are? How people these days, you and me included, are 100% completely tired, worn out, overworked, overwhelmed, and generally zonked. It's not just you. It's everyone. It's all of us. In my work, every day as a health coach, I hear we all know we should be taking care of ourselves, but like when? And when is a good question. When is the last time you took a day off? Uh, really off, not off to do the laundry, like off. When did you last press pause, opt out, unplug, go AWOL on the noise of life? Today's show is going to be your gateway to self-care. We're going to talk about why it's important. You might be surprised by that. We're going to talk about how to tell what you really need how to actually make it happen, and how to not feel guilty for taking it. My guest today is Dr. Kenya Rich. She is a licensed psychologist at Counseling and Psychological Services at Florida State University, where she provides individual and group psychotherapy and is involved with the training of doctoral students. She earned her bachelor's degree in in psychology from Wayne State University and her doctoral degree in clinical psychology from the University of Miami. She's got 15 years of experience working with college students and adults in such areas as depression, anxiety, trauma. In her free time, y'all, Kenya's one of my best friends. She enjoys spending time with her husband, her two teenagers, her two beloved cats who try to go running with us in the morning. Her personal self-care is running, salsa dancing, and going to bar class. Yay, Kenya! Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Heather. I'm happy to be here. Are you ready to jump into today's topic and start helping us figure out how to really take care of ourselves? I am. Let's, Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. Now, guys, I talk to Kenya almost every morning at 5 a.m. when we are running through the the streets of our neighborhood. And it's really, really nice to have a psychologist as a friend because running together is like therapy, isn't it? I would say so. (laughs) 
actually, I don't know who's getting the therapy. I, I feel like <laughs> most of the time I am the one who's getting help. It's a reciprocal relationship. But I got to tell you, coming into this conversation with you today, I kind of feel like I'm in a bit of a brain fog. You know, we've been talking about this topic for a while and talking about self-care. And I'm, I like to think of myself as being pretty on top of self-care. You know, I, I'm a health coach. I know what to do. I know all of the signs and, and I know how to care for myself. But just like everybody else, I get off track and I start noticing things like brain fog as a signal to me that I am getting tired, I'm getting overwhelmed, and it's time for me to start taking action. And that is what I know is true for me. But I know you work with a diverse group of people and you've heard a lot of different perspectives. From your standpoint, what does it really mean to be taking care of ourselves? That is a really great question, Heather. Um, there are a lot of definitions out there about what it involves, taking care of ourselves. But really, when I think about it, and based on the work that I do every day with clients, it's, it's intentionally taking time out of our busy schedule to enjoy the moment simply just to replenish our bodies and mind. It's about engaging in actions or activities that will help us take care of our personal needs for rest, relaxation, and connection. In short, it's a way to manage stress and a way of enhancing our overall well-being, both physically and mentally. Oh my gosh, some action words in what you just said. Intentionally, intentionally taking time to enjoy the moment. That can be tricky. When we're busy, guys, listen, can you think of the last time that you intentionally paused to enjoy the moment? That is true self-care, paying attention to what you need. I read a study, I'm going to be completely transparent, guys. It was done by a company that manages self-care products so you can kind of see the lean but they found in 2019 they partnered with a research firm that helped them discover that 74 percent of people consider self-care to mean taking care of their bodies 57 percent think it means taking a mental break both of those things are self-care right absolutely um Definitely, there are multiple components when it comes to taking care of ourselves. We can look at it from the perspective of taking care of ourselves physically. That can involve exercising, like you and I, we love to run, and that's part of our self-care. Um, emotionally, when we're looking at our emotions, looking at our feelings, maybe um, in many cases, we might be feeling really overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, and Maybe sometimes we're irritable and we have no idea why. Um, so that's another component. We're also looking at mental, social, spiritual components to self-care. So there are multiple areas that we can work on when it comes to enhancing our overall well-being. It's such a personal thing. And in, in my work as a health coach, I, I help people identify, you know, what their real priorities are in life. What's what are the barriers um, between them and being able to live in their priorities or pay give the time to their priorities that they really want to. And then how to reorient 
things so that they can be more connected with their priorities and their values. And so many times I hear, especially from women, that they don't have time to take care of themselves. And we've all heard the um, the oxygen mask analogy, you know, of, you know, when you're on the airplane and they say, you know, put your oxygen mask on before assisting someone else. And that seems so conflicted because nobody can imagine letting your child sit in an emergency situation while you take care of yourself. But but the meaning is sincere and real that if bef- until you are capable of caring for others, you're not truly helpful. And taking time intentionally to do what you need to do to nurture yourself, whether it's body, mind, or spirit, enables you to be a better caretaker for others. Absolutely, Heather. Um, You know, we live in a society where we tend to think in terms of all or nothing or black and white terms. And we like to think that if we are helping others, particularly when we are caregivers, our time is completely devoted to doing that, at the exclusion of taking care of ourselves. And, of course, we know what happens when we stop taking care of our, our, our physical needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs. Something is going to go wrong. What are some of those physical signs that our bodies show us when they start telling us they need help? Uh, of course, there are multiple symptoms or signs that you will notice that something is going awry. Um, For example, um, some of the first telltale signs can be manifested in your body. Mm -hmm. You may begin to see that, gee, I am having a really hard time falling asleep at night. Mm -hmm. Or I am noticing that I am reaching uh, for for a snack mm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and or I'm noticing that I'm having headaches or GI issues mm, mm-hmm. uh, in some extreme cases people are beginning to see that they also experience panic attacks um, so our body will tell us our bodies are always talking to us guys they're letting us know what they need your body is trying to tell you what it needs And in the next segment, when we come back, we're going to dive more into this topic. We're going to find out how you can tell what you need and more importantly, how to get it. It's Heather Solves Everything. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and woman-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally with purpose and intention. Social media is a business must have, but it's time consuming and ever changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather. I'm here with my friend, Dr. Kenya Rich. She is a psychologist. She's also one of my BFFs. And we're here talking about self-care, what it really means, 
to take care of yourself, what it really means to intentionally pause, to enjoy the moment and take care of what you need. So Kenya, before the break, we were talking about some of the ways that our bodies talk to us, tell us that help is needed. Things like headaches, irritability, forgetfulness, you know, starting to have GI issues, um, you know, just general kind of like over it. And plenty of us are driving around town with these lights flashing, okay? Like our check engine light is flashing, like our body is talking to us. And we're saying, I just got to get through this part. Like for me, after October, October is always crazy. When October is done, then. But, but then, you know, there's always something else. And so what could happen when we ignore these signs? What's the consequence, the real consequence for us? Well, we know that they are very serious potential consequences, uh, not only for our physical health, but also our mental health. Um, some of the things that I see in my own practice is um, individuals who may have ignored the signs or who may not be really aware of how important taking care of their, themselves, their bodies is. For example, um, staying up, you know, multiple nights in a row. I mean, mm. that's pretty common among college students. Uh, but that can also happen for people who are caregivers, people who have a new baby at home or who are taking care of uh, a loved one who is ill. Uh, so what ends up happening is that if we ignore the signs, then things are just going to keep deteriorating. Um, you may notice that uh, what starts with, uh, with a headache and GI issues could potentially develop into more serious chronic health conditions. We also know that it can affect, um, you know, the development of depression and anxiety, clinical mm. levels of depression and anxiety. Um, I have some students who uh, come to my office who complain of, of panic attacks. And we begin to, at that point, look at sort of what uh, have you been doing? What's been going on in your life? And we look at stressors and how are you managing those stressors? What are you doing to take care of yourself in the process? Because let's, let's uh, be real. Let's admit it. Uh, stress is just part of our daily life. Right. It's just, it just is. Yeah. Stress isn't going anywhere. And so we've got to figure out how to live with it and, and how to, I, I like to think of ways to, to make stress my friend, you know, and, and harness it. And, and I think that the first step of that is always noticing when it shows up and then having an idea already of what i am then going to do in response you know and just you know being aware and ready that it's going to show up the stress is going to show up and and be able to say okay here it is now i know what to do and so we know that if we we know that the signals are there and how to tell that the signals are flashing red lights at us we know what could happen if we don't act. We could develop 
Um, you know, we could develop more health issues. We could get panic attacks. We could end up with things like depression. It could affect our relationships. We could start reaching for um, coping, short-term coping mechanisms, like, oh, I'll just have a glass of wine. I'll calm down. Or, ah, uh, you know, we always crave sweets when we're stressed out, you know, I'll, or sometimes some people, I don't know, might think that they need to just go and have Mexican food. Maybe me. I don't know. <laughs> And so we know that there are there are real signs that we can we can tell that there are real consequences. There are some unhealthy coping mechanisms and there are healthy coping mechanisms. But when you were talking, I, I made a note that some of the circumstances of life that prevent us from caring for ourselves, we have no control over like a new baby like caring for a family member who's sick, like having a busy time at work when we aren't able to get enough time off in between work times to really decompress. Sometimes the circumstances that are wearing us down aren't, aren't things we can control. What can we do in those times to still be able to find a way to care for ourselves in a meaningful way, even when things are not in our control. One of the things that comes to mind as we're talking about self-care in a fast-paced world and where we have so many commitments and responsibilities, <clears throat> I like to think about creating pockets of time. Pockets of time. On a daily basis. Okay. And if we cannot do it on a daily basis, at least on a weekly basis, but the idea is that we can identify pockets of time when we can be intentional about what we need, where we can maybe just check with ourselves and ask ourselves questions. What, how am I feeling right now? What do I need? Well, right now for me, I feel like I need a drink of water um, or it might be maybe when I'm at work that I need to uh, stretch my legs and go out for a short walk. So, so the idea is that perhaps I'm not going to make it to that trip to the Greek islands that I've been dreaming about, but that I'm going to be able to just take a few minutes out of my day to do something that uh, is enjoyable, uh, where I'm feeling that I'm slowing down and that I'm, where I'm feeling replenished. So pockets of time that can be a real um, kind of a, a few minutes here and there. It doesn't have to be a day off. It can be literally five minutes of stretching or breathing or, um, you know, just getting some fresh air that, you know, helps to rejuvenate you. It's asking, what do I need? How do I feel? And what do I need right now? And then giving that back to yourself. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the problems that we can run into when it comes to taking care of ourselves is that we are so used to going and pushing ourselves so much that we forget to really just stop and breathe. And that is so easy to do. I am to blame, or not to blame, but I'm responsible of doing that. Mm -hmm. I find myself at times holding my breath when I'm working, especially when I'm feeling really rushed and I'm going from one thing to the next. I'm seeing a client, I'm having a meeting, I'm doing a training, 
ah, uh, then I. You're coming on your friend's radio show. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so I forget to breathe. So um, something very easy to do is it takes a couple of seconds. Just, you know, There's take a, a deep breath. There's an app that I really like. There's two that I really like. I really recommend the Calm app. I have that on my phone and I use it um, in the morning for just some some breathing to center myself before diving into work. And um, sometimes at night when I'm having a hard time falling asleep, they have some really nice um, sleep meditations. And then there's also an app called Breathe to Relax. And it will take you through guided breathing exercises. I mean, it seems like you wouldn't need help with that, but you'd be surprised. And you can you can turn it on and you can set it to the pace of your breathing. And, and um, there's a gentle voice that will um, guide you through inhale and exhale for a repetition of 16 um, breaths. And you can tell your stress level just releasing through that process and at the end you really notice a difference it's amazing what just breathing can do you sure do actually i also use that app calm and i recommend it to a lot of my clients um, there are several other ones that i also recommend um, um, headspace is another one that um, i've used and i've recommended and it's uh, pretty user-friendly um, again the idea is that we're going to take some time to slow down. How often do we need to do that? Like that, that check-in process, is that once a day? Is it every day? Is it throughout the day? How often do you recommend somebody checking in with themselves? I uh, will say for me, uh, I'm going to go with sort of what I do, is I, I try to set some points th throughout the day where I do that. Mm -hmm. First thing in the morning when I wake up and I get up, so before I lace my shoes for going out for a run, I make sure that I take a couple of deep breaths and just check in with myself. I do it at lunchtime and then I do it at the end of the day when I get home. Guys, we're talking about intention, thinking ahead about when you want to check in with yourself and ask, how do I feel? What do I need? Can I get that right now? You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm Coach Healthy Heather. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more tips for how you can truly care for yourself. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. Submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. Welcome back, everybody. It's Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that listening to this show is a form of self-care for you. I hope that you have been able to just exhale, unplug, sit quietly, and listen to me and my friend, Dr. Kenya Rich, talking about self-care. What does it really mean to care for yourself? 
What does it mean to really know what you need and then give that to yourself, both intentionally and in the moment? Um, before we, we went out for the break, we were talking about um, how we can check in with ourselves and, and learn ways that we can um, just tap into what we need in the moment. And I wonder, Kenya, how can we start to get to know ourselves in that way so that when we notice that the bells are going off and the lights are flashing and we know we need to take action and do something in response, we've got something good to do. How can we get to know ourselves that way? It starts with taking time to slow down. And I feel like I've been saying that quite a bit already, but basically taking time to really just be. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best ways of doing that really is just spending some time on our own. And that doesn't have to be an entire day at a quiet retreat, but it can be uh, just taking 10, 15 minutes out of the day, sometimes even five, just to check in with ourselves and ask what's going on with me right now. How am I feeling? And then from there, figuring out what I need to do. So um, I, I know my temperament. I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I, I work with people all day long, five days a week. And I'm talking with my clients, doing therapy, um, interacting with my interns, training them. Uh, I'm having meetings. And by the end of the day, after nine hours of nonstop talking and listening to people, I am depleted. And I know that what I need is some quiet time. So knowing myself, right, that my temperament, I'm an introvert, and that by the end of the day, I'm going to need some quiet time. It's, 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 um, um, it's really helpful to know that because then you can seek that out. You know, and you don't have, it doesn't turn into an artificial uh, band-aid of self-care that we read about in magazines or we hear about, you know, on, um, on in advertisements of, you know, the, the stereotypical image of a woman with cucumber slices on her <laughs> eyes and a face mask on and sitting at a spa. And we assume, you know, that's self-care um, when, you know, she could walk out of that place with just as much tension left in her life because that's not what she needed. Like it was nice, but she needed something that actually allowed her internal self to slow down. You're right. It is a theme, slowing down. We live in a fast world that expects us to keep up and show up and be better than we were before. I mean, Facebook and Instagram went down for six hours. And you know what? It was awesome because during that time... The, you know, we, there was a, a much lower standard. It, I felt the physical release of tension and I was surprised by it. I didn't realize how much of that I was carrying inside of me as stress. And it helped me to notice that time away from social media is a form of self-care. And I think that when we start noticing those things, we can pay attention to it, make a little mental note. With my clients, you know, we work a lot on visioning. We work a lot on, on thinking about what do I want for my life? Like we know what we have right now. And, and, but then looking forward into what, would, what do I want? 
And then, you know, how are those two things different? What's the gap between the, the present reality and the ideal that I want to create? And once we identify what that gap is, you know, being able to figure out, well, how can I realistically start making pathways to that? One, sometimes people don't know what they want. They have spent so much time in a place of, of static that they can't even imagine what would be better. And so I encourage them to think back to a day when they felt great or to pay attention to the times when they feel great in the moment and look around. What's happening? Are you with people? Are you alone? Are you around kinetic energy or is it calm? Are you in nature or are you inside? Just look at your environment and look at the sensory information around you and take a note. Because if you notice that you felt really good, that's a signal of where your self-care can begin. Is paying attention to where you feel your best and then take a mental picture of that so that you can recreate it when you start noticing those lights and, and, and flashes going off. I think, too, is also paying attention to our energy levels. So where are we at, uh, at a particular time of the day? Um, clearly, I'm a morning person, so I do feel my most energetic first thing in the morning. Uh, come 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, um, that's a different story. So really just knowing. So, so I, my needs are going to change. My needs for uh, the, what for what is going to be best for me in the morning is going to look very different for what I'm going to need at night. At night, I'm going to need some sleep. One thing I hear you talking about is boundaries. You know, and, and like I can imagine you at the end of a of a work day um, of active listening and and talking and being you know on, and knowing that oh my gosh, at the end of this, I just need to be by myself. And so if, if our running group decided to start a message chatter in our little message group about, hey, guys, let's go out Friday night, girls night, you might be thinking, yes, that sounds like so much fun. I want to go. And then also know I'm exhausted and I need to stay in. Where's the self-care boundary in that? How can you how can you reconcile that with yourself when you know that you need to care for yourself, but you also want to not let people down and, and you want to join in with the fun? I think that you're hitting uh, the nail on the head or hitting it in the nail. I, I'm probably not saying this right. <laughs> but anyway, absolutely. It, it can be so difficult to set boundaries, especially with the people closest to us. Um, and we know that that is such an important part of taking care of ourselves. Um, if we are able to say no to a request, if we can decline it gracefully and say hey, I really would love to spend time with you, but I am really tired. I had a long day and I'm just going to stay in. Um, that's a way of honoring yourself. Um, but again, we, um, uh, I think part of it is just our upbringing, right? That we tend to uh, want to be pleasers and, 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 and make other people happy. So saying no may feel pretty jarring, like, oh my goodness. And in some ways, we may also feel like we're missing out, too. Yeah, FOMO uh, is a real thing. Uh, absolutely. But it's, it's important to be able to practice setting those boundaries. But again, it starts with knowing ourselves and knowing what we need and being able to communicate that to those around us. And knowing that the people who are around you will support that. 
you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, I work with, with individuals sometimes who don't have that support, you know, where they are carrying the load for everyone and, and they don't have somebody who says, yeah, you take this, you take time for yourself. I'll, I'll, I'll handle this. Sometimes there's not another adult in the house and they are the only, they are truly the only one, um, you know, at the, at the steering wheel. And other times they just don't have somebody helpful. What can we do to help prevent resentment from building up when we know that we're in a situation where it's going to be difficult for us to have time to care for ourselves the way we need to? So, Heather, I'm glad that you brought up that that word resentment, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times resentment results when we feel that we have little or no control over a situation. Right. So it has a lot to do with our mindset. Okay. This idea that uh, sometimes um, we are carrying the world on top of our shoulders and that if we make the wrong movement, the world is going to collapse. Right. And of course, we know that that's not the reality. The reality is that we all can find 30 seconds to take three deep breaths. The world is not going to fall apart in 30 seconds. That's right. And is it even possible that after 30 seconds of deep breathing, you'll be in a better position to handle the reality of your world? That might be that, yeah, you're in a really crummy situation right now. And it, it, everything is temporary, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so taking 30 seconds to do some deep breathing. Guys, I'm serious. Breathing is one of the easiest thing in the world and some of the most effective medicine. And that can be your path out of panic and stress and into a calmer place where you're able to care for yourself. Guys, when we come back, we're going to talk about the biggie, how to not feel guilty for standing up for yourself and setting those boundaries. It's Heather Self's Everything with Coach Healthy Heather. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Everything, y'all. Not all at one time, though. Just one thing at a time. Because this is a self-care show. We're trying to not overwhelm ourselves with things. We're taking it one step at a time. Now, when we were um, talking before with my guest, Dr. Kenya Rich, about ways that we can incorporate real self-care into our lives, I couldn't help but think, okay, so yeah, this sounds good on paper. Yes, I'm, I'm on board. And even I will even go so far as to, on my calendar sometimes on the weekend, I will write chill zone on the days of the calendar, and that's a signal for the, to the family that we commit to nothing. 
we do not, we accept no invitations unless, and we can only change our minds as a family. So if we are invited to something, we will discuss it as a family and decide, do we want to do this or not? And the, but the goal of the weekend is pajamas, laziness, whatever you need to do for yourself. And there are no expectations that we're going to be productive in any way. And even though I know that's a good thing, and even though last Sunday I laid on the couch and watched two murder mystery shows back to back while the laundry was piling up, I knew I was doing a good thing, but I still felt bad about it. I felt guilty about it, even though I knew I was doing a healthy thing for myself by taking a break. What can we do to keep from feeling guilty when we take care of ourselves? So perhaps the issue here is not about avoiding those pesky feelings that we have sometimes that we want to avoid experiencing. Maybe it's okay to acknowledge that we are going to experience some guilt because that's part of our upbringing. And it's part of uh, maybe what was uh, instilled in us growing up that when we say no, particularly for women, I think that, you know, we all can agree that women... We tend to, um, you know, want to maintain our relationships and saying no sometimes can get in the way of that, or at least we feel mm-hmm. that it will we get in the way. We perceive that it will, yeah. Right? So, so let's first acknowledge that it's okay to feel guilty, but just because we feel guilty doesn't mean that we are going to give in to that emotion. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's so helpful. It's okay to feel guilty. It's okay. You don't have to act on it. We don't have to act on any emotions that we are experiencing. We can just notice it and say, hey, I am feeling guilty and I feel like I should be doing more. And I feel like I should be saying yes. And I am feeling right now really badly about myself because I'm saying no. So so we're going to acknowledge that and take a few deep breaths and then then go ahead and do what we know is best for us, what we know is best for our self-care. So we're going to perhaps turn down that invitation from from that friend who said, hey, let's go out and have lunch or have dinner. And so uh, I can't, it's Sunday, and that's, that's my chill zone day, like mm-hmm. you said, Heather. And I'm just not going to go out. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay in. But how about if we make a date for some other time? So, so we might feel some guilt and some discomfort because we're probably thinking like that. You know, our friend, our family member is thinking that maybe we're being selfish. But guess what? We are not being selfish. So even the thought, right, of being selfish, we can observe that with mindfulness and not necessarily let it stick. So we're learning a new vocabulary. We're learning a new way of thinking that things that we used to think were uh, selfish are actually proactively healthy and that we should we think we should feel bad or feel guilty when we say no to somebody that we can't do what they want us to do we're actually setting a boundary and modeling for them so guys when you extend an invitation and your friend politely declines it's not you it's them they just need some time by themselves so be a good friend and give them that time 
I'm thinking of two friends who recently had experiences where they did set a boundary and they did feel guilty. But I think that they were they recognized that the way that they felt was ultimate was the guilt was going to be short term because they were ultimately caring for themselves. Tell me, guys, if you know if this sounds like you, it's a beautiful Saturday and you've got the weekend ahead of you. And your children, okay, the ones that you always want to say yes to, your adult child, your college-age child calls up and says, hey, mom, I've got tickets for the game today. Come with us. And you had just sunk into the couch and thought, oh, man, I don't really want to go. But it's my kids. So, guys, this happened to a friend of ours. And she said, you know what? I said, I love you guys, and I can't wait to go with you next time, but I'm staying in today. And then she said, I felt really bad about it, but I also didn't. And that's an example of allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable with the fact that you just, you know, maybe disappointed somebody, but it's okay for them to be disappointed. They'll get over that. Good for that friend. (laughs) So good. Because you know what? What I was thinking too, Heather, is that she's modeling self-care to her children. Yes, and that is something that we don't give ourselves enough credit for, that when we do, uh, we teach people how to treat us, and we teach people how to be in relationships as they get older. And so what we, the way that we model that to our kids, if, if they see us doing for others, doing, 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 and then it collapsing with exhaustion at the end of the day, we're teaching them that, that, first of all, this is how adults live and that that is how it will be for me or my spouse. And so we keep the cycle going by not breaking it with our own actions of self-care. And then we end up creating a new generation of people who self-sacrifice and who may end up, you know, with chronic illnesses and depression and anxiety. I know it's taken to an extreme, of course, but... Uh, the, the point that you made is that saying no is a way of communicating how much you value yourself, uh, how much you value your time, how much you value your health. And by communicating that, uh, you're, you're modeling that to your children. And hopefully we are creating a new generation of people who, um, who can take better care of themselves. Who have, who have learned from the masters from us who are learning these new skills. We have another friend who has been feeling like she should go to church in person, but she's really loving Zoom church. I'm guilty of this. I love my little church and I love being there with everybody, but sometimes Zoom church is a lifesaver. And you know what? She felt a little bit bad about it, but then she also didn't. And we said, yay for our friend. Yes, stand yes. up for yourself. Good for her too. So speaking of some of our shoulds, what are some things that we should do? Does it make sense to practice our responses maybe so that when somebody does extend an invitation and we know that we need to decline, we are ready? Does that make sense? Is that something we should do? I like that idea actually. I, I tend to do that. I am someone who likes to journal a lot and I like to write things down. Um, it helps me organize my thoughts, but it also gives me the words to say uh, and, and be prepared to say what I need to say to someone. So I think it's a great idea to, 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 to write something down, um, say something to the effect of thank you for thinking of me. 
I really appreciate it that you are thinking of me to, to do something with you. And I would love to do it maybe next weekend, uh, uh, you know, or, or some other time. But tonight I won't be able to do it. Yes. I love all those positive words that you used. Thank you for thinking of me. And I look forward to next time. And so you're staying in a positive frame of mind. And speaking of staying in a positive frame of mind, something that I encourage my clients to do is reflect on the day and ask yourself, what went well and what do I want more of? Notice when you do the things that help to make yourself feel good in the moment and notice those times when you do take that intentional opportunity to breathe, to pause, to enjoy the moment. And then ask yourself, what went well today and what do I want more of? Kenya, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure, Heather. I hope you'll come back. We're going to pepper you with questions. Mm, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, we are out of time for today. But tune in next week here on Real Talk 93.3 for a new episode of Heather Solves Everything. And guys, you know, we have a podcast of this very show that comes out on Monday morning on your favorite podcast app. You can stay in touch with me and the show on Facebook. Just look for Coach Healthy Heather. Do you have a problem to solve? Visit CoachHealthyHeather.com. Click on Solve My Problems to submit a show topic idea. We will get it done together. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes.